I tell you what, I want you all to mark today. This is May the 27th. Is this the 28th? Okay, there we go. You definitely need to mark this. That kind of reminds me about remembering things. It's like the uh, older couple that starting to forget things, so they had decided they would write things down so they wouldn't forget. Any of y'all guilty of that? I ain't got there yet, but it's a good idea. Yeah. But anyways, the uh, wife came up to her husband one evening and said, Honey, is there anything you would like? And she go, he goes, You know what? I think I want a ice cream sundae. I want chocolate ice cream and whipped cream and a cherry on top. And she goes, okay. And she got up and he goes, wait, aren't you forgetting something? She goes, what? You need to write that down. She goes, oh, I'm getting up. I'm going to do it right now. I don't have to do that. So she was in the kitchen for a pretty good period of time. And then she came back out and... With it, she brought a plate of hash browns and eggs and bacon and orange juice. And he looked at it and he said, I told you, you should have wrote it down. You forgot the toast. (laughs) So, you know, that's my memory, okay? But what I was going to say is I cannot remember the last time I took the pulpit at 11.20. So there is a possibility. I said a possibility. Not a guarantee, but a possibility. Y'all might get out at noon today. Y'all might. It just depends. But today we come, and again, as tomorrow is Memorial Day. Uh, I thank God for the freedoms that we possess as a country and as a people. But remember, those freedoms that we possess, there was blood spilled. There were people that made the ultimate sacrifice that allows us and guarantees us the freedoms that we have. So it would be proper when you see men and women who have served in the military to say thank you for your service. And of course, if there's family that you know and their loved ones served and made the ultimate sacrifice, you should thank them because we're free because of their sacrifice. But I would never diminish what our men and women have done for sacrificing themselves for us. But I want to tell you, the greatest soldier, the greatest sacrifice was not for this nation. It was for the entire world when Jesus Christ left the portals of heaven and came down and sacrificed himself to redeem us from sin. And I thank God for that sacrifice. So if you've got your Bibles, real quick, turn to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3. One passage. We'll make a few comments and we'll give an invitation. But one passage I would like to share. Uh, we just finished First and Second Timothy. 
Uh, we're f- currently in the book of Titus, the first chapter. Pastoral epistles, Paul wrote. But there's one passage that I would like to share with you, and it's the very last scripture in chapter 3. That would be verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And this is what the Word of God declares. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We're thankful for this day, thankful for those that have come out. And dear God, we just pray now as we worship you that we would do it in a manner that brings honor and glory to you, and we would worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, I ask that you just be with me. Let me speak those things you've laid upon my heart. And Lord, bring to my memory those things that I've studied. And Father, we thank you for your sacrifice. We're thankful that we have the freedom we have and the liberty we have through the shedding of your blood. We are thankful for those men and women that paid with their lives, Lord, for the freedoms that we enjoy as a country. But Lord, most of all, thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Now as we break the bread of life, open hearts and minds, and Lord, deal with hearts this morning. Your Holy Spirit, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you for this opportunity. For it's in Christ's name we ask these things this morning. Amen. Be seated, please. I'd like to speak to you a few minutes about every day is Memorial Day, if you think about it, for a child of God. It is Memorial Day, every day, because of the Lord's sacrifice. Now, notice he says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. You say, well, Pastor John, what is that mystery of godliness, as Paul opens up that verse, what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about the revelation of God's salvation through Christ, his son. That's what he's talking about. You see, the mystery at that time, God held back throughout the ages, redemption. But in God's perfect timing, he sent forth his son Christ to make atonement for our sins. And that's what he's talking about, that mystery of godliness. You see, it was not revealed till later, all through the ages. Nobody understood the mystery until God said, now it's time to reveal the mystery. And that mystery was God sent forth his son. Aren't you thankful for that? Where would we be this morning if God hadn't sent his son? And the Lord would be lost, undone, 
living with no hope, headed to an eternity in hell. So we got a lot to be thankful for. Now, this is what I want us to look at, a few things. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, so we have already know what that mystery is. It says God was manifest in the flesh. What that means is very simple. God revealed himself to man as Jesus Christ the Son. You see, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Bible says, and the Word became flesh. Aren't you thankful? You see, God manifested Himself to man. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but just like a soldier, when he signs up and he goes off into the service, whatever branch that might be, he has to leave home. He can't just, oh, I'm going to serve in the military, but I'm going to stay home and serve in the military. No, it doesn't work that way. You go off wherever they tell you. You do your basic training, then you do your AIT, and then they send you somewhere after your training. Well, just like a soldier, same thing with Christ. See, God manifested himself in the flesh, dwelt in heaven, but he came to earth for one specific purpose. Now, understand. This is a land where he dwelt no sin, perfect harmony. Those there in heaven, his created angels, there were to praise and honor and glorify and serve him. But he freely left the glory of heaven, came to earth as a man, and became every bit a man. Think about that for a second. And what I mean by that is, yes, he was God. But he was also 100% man. And because he was born in Bethlehem from a virgin, he grew up in a sin, sick, evil, wicked world amongst people that had no regard for him. They hated him. They despised him. They rejected him. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. The Bible says that he was mocked and despised. I tell you, if you'll read Isaiah 53, it'll humble you, child of God, because he literally suffered as no other man. And he did it Because he loved you and he loved me. I still can't fathom that. Why would he love me? I'm not any good. But he loves us. And that's where grace comes in. So he left the glory of heaven. And he came into the world. And again, just as a soldier leaves home. He leaves his 
casual clothes that he wears home also and gets into the uniform of the nation that he serves. Well, Christ, as I said a moment ago, was fully God, fully man, and because of the God, the God part, he had to keep his glory in. He couldn't reveal it. And I'll tell you why he couldn't reveal it. We couldn't have handled it. Couldn't have handled it. And he kept his glory inside and he lived as a man. Understand, when he came into the world, no one was looking. Oh, they had heard prophets. They had scripture that pointed to prophecy, that pointed to the Messiah would come. But no one was looking for him. In fact, when he came, their problem was, we don't want him. We're wanting another. One that's going to come in great glory. One that's going to come and deliver us from the bondage of Rome. Not from the bondage of sin. They thought they were good with God. There's a lot of people in the world today that think they're good with God. They think, hey, because I'm a good person, I'm moral. I go to church every now and then. I give a check to charity. I don't run around on my wife. I don't drink. I don't gamble. I'm good. God's got me. God doesn't even look upon their sin because he can't. He's so much holy and righteous than what anyone could be. But he came to earth. He manifested himself in the flesh. Aren't you glad he came? But notice what it says. Justified in the spirit. You see, he was vindicated by the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this about Jesus. He was a man of the spirit. When Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist... God looked down and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Bible says that the spirit of a dove ascended and descended upon him. Understand, the dove pictures the Holy Spirit. And not only was the Holy Spirit there to guide and direct him, remember also that every miracle he performed, every word that he spoke, was all led of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit proves that Jesus is who he claimed to be. Think about that. He was justified, vindicated in the Spirit. You see, everything he did, every single thing he did, was according to the Spirit. Wouldn't it be nice if we would be led by the Spirit? We can be. But it's called submission. It's called complete surrender to the will of God through the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says this. 
He's justified in the spirit, seen of the angels. And I've pondered that. Oh, I've pondered that. You see, the angels were there when Jesus came into the world in Bethlehem. His birth was announced by the angels. The angels were there after Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River as he went to the Mount of Temptation and was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights by Satan. The angels were there when the ladies showed up at that empty tomb that first resurrection morning. They announced, he's not here. Why are you seeking the dead among the living? And then the angels were there when Jesus was on the cross dying to atone for our sins. And there's no doubt in my mind, I'm sure they were just there waiting for him to say, come and rescue me. But he never called out. He could have been delivered by 12 legions. I think about that all the time. He didn't have to die. He died for us. And let me make this very clear. He didn't die because he was a sinner. He died for sin, but it wasn't his sin. It was your sin and my sin. Understand, he died. He came into the world for that very reason, to die. And the angels, just as they watched, were waiting. All he has to do is give us the word. But he never called out. You see, he fulfilled God's redemptive plan. Preached unto the Gentiles. You see, we all know that we're saved by grace. Understand something this morning. Because he came unto his own and his own received him not, God the Father therefore turned to the Gentiles with a plan of redemption. And it was purely grace. Didn't have to. He could have just said, okay. But no, because of his grace, he turned to the Gentiles. And because of what he did on the cross, everyone who will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's made possible by his sacrifice. But it's for everyone, Jew and Gentile alike. I love what the word of God says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God Unto salvation to the Jew first and to also to the Greek. Jew and Gentile alike. Not ashamed. The Bible also says the preaching of the cross is foolishness 
to them that perish, but to us who believe, it's the power of God unto salvation. God turned to the Gentiles because the Jews turned him away. They rejected him. Aren't you thankful? God could have said no. But Christ and redemption was revealed to the Gentiles and believed on in the world. (laughs) This old world is 30-something billion years old. Y'all believe that nonsense? I hope you don't. Because, no, I don't believe that. I believe this world is a little over 7,000 years almost. You say, oh, you ain't read the gap theory? No. I've got the book. I just couldn't bring myself to read that. Gap theory is there's a great space between Genesis 1, 1, and 1, 2. So it could be millions of years. Nope. Ain't no gap with God. Aren't you thankful? No, no, no. But our world is little, around 7,000 years old. Understand. Yes, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a virgin, into the world. Okay? And since he's come, from that moment on, the gospel has been preached and proclaimed to the whole world. Aren't you thankful? That's, again, the mystery that has finally been revealed. It's the mystery of godliness. There's so many people still (laughs) looking to solve that mystery. It's been solved 2,000 years ago. It's solved. Now, believed on in the world. And for those of you, including myself, that have lost loved ones, don't ever give up on them. Don't give up on God. God in his time will reveal his self to them through the Holy Spirit using those of us that have been born again. I've seen it time and time again. So Christ has been revealed to this lost world. They're without excuse. Amen. Read Romans chapter 1. It'll tell you. God has revealed himself. Even through creation itself, God has revealed himself. And since we have the word of God, he has revealed himself that man needs to be born again and reconciled to God. And then the Bible says this. Received up into glory. First of all, the glory of his ascension. You men of Galilee, 
and I'm going to talk Arkansas lingo. You idiots, what are y'all doing? Looking up. Why are you just pondering, gazing, looking up? He went up that way, he's coming back the same way. But he ascended to heaven. When everything was said and done, he was called to heaven. When he got to heaven, the Bible says that he sat down at the right hand of God on the throne. Now, why is he there? Because he is our intercessor. He is our high priest. And he is there to defend us when the old enemy accuses us before the Father. And believe me, the old devil's probably accused me before the Father a lot. You call that your preacher? That's your child? And my high priest, my Savior... Father, yeah, he's one of ours. You know why? Because I'm justified. You know why? Because I'm accepted. You know why I'm accepted? It wasn't anything I did. It's what Jesus did when he died on the cross and shed his blood to cleanse me from all sin. Listen, I'm not accepted to God because I have to keep these laws out there because I couldn't keep them if I wanted to. I'm not accepted before God because I keep the law. I'm not accepted before God because of where I come from, my relatives. I'm accepted before God because of the Lord Jesus Christ's imputed righteousness given to me the moment I received him as my personal savior. That's good stuff. And even though I'm accused, you're accused, we have an intercessor. We have a lawyer that's right there in the courtroom of heaven saying, he's innocent. Look at the blood. There's nothing there. He's clear and free. But not only was he received up into glory. Think about this for a second. It also implies he's coming back. You say, how, how do you know that? Well, how many of you know what the law of gravity is? What goes up, it's got to come down. He went up. He's got to come down. But listen to me. He's coming back. But did y'all know this? When he comes back, he's not coming for everyone. He's only coming for those that have been washed by his blood. Those that have been saved by simple faith. That's the only ones he's coming back for. But he's coming back. And let me just say this. I've often thought this. Maybe you have too. You ever thought about what 
he's going to look like when we see him? Literally see him. I've seen him through the eye of faith, but I mean literally I'm going to be able to behold him with my own eyes. Uh, We are all, when he returns for his church, we are all going to see him as he is. And he's going to come back as a man. And he's going to have scars on his forehead from the crown of thorns that was plated upon his head. He's going to have scars in his hands and his feet. He's going to have a scar side where it was pierced. And we're going to recognize without any problem who he is. But did you also understand this? Remember him... Keeping in his glory. When he comes back to get us, that glory ain't going to be kept in. That glory is going to shine forth. He is going to light up all of heaven. Beloved, that ought to light your shucks. That ought to excite you. I can hardly wait to behold him. Yes, I see those scars. And it will remind me of the price that was paid so that I could live with him forever. It'll remind me of that. And that's why we're going to recognize those scars. But we're going to see his true glory. Oh my goodness. You know, there's times I just can't sleep. I'm not one of those that fall asleep as soon as my head hits the pillow. I'm one of those that lay there, turn from side to side. And I, I think... Sometimes it gets me in trouble, I'll admit it. But I think, and I think about things like that. My goodness, the glory we're going to get to behold. Remember his inner circle on the Mount of Transfiguration? They got to behold just a little. Think what it's going to be like when we get to see it all. So understand, throughout all of the ages, there was a mystery. But in the process of time, God revealed the mystery of salvation through the sacrifice of his son. And he manifested himself in the flesh. Oh, what a Savior. But what a soldier. Again, I would not diminish the sacrifice of men and women. Over a million have given the ultimate sacrifice. And we enjoy the freedoms we have today. But listen to me. The greatest sacrifice, the greatest Freedom is when Jesus came into the world and died to atone for your sin and mine and for the whole world. So, he's coming back. Are you ready for his return? Only you can answer that. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you're not ready. 
but you can get ready here and now. I was studying this week. I was in Genesis. You say, why do you go back to the Old Testament? It's for our benefit. The Bible tells us it's an example. So I read New Testament and Old Testament. And I was in Genesis chapter 5. And you know what I noticed? Genealogy from Adam on. You know what I noticed? Even though they all lived a long life. I mean, Methuselah was 969 years old. Adam lived to be 930. You say, wow, those are long lives. They are, but here's the synopsis, chapter 5. They all died. They all died. Read the genealogy. It'll tell you how many kids they had, how old they were when they had the kids, and they died. Listen, uh, Methuselah was uh, 900, no, not Methuselah, I'm sorry, Enoch. Enoch was 360 years old when he had his son. Think about that. you imagine being that old? Then try to raise a child. Lori ain't got me raised yet. I was a child when she married me. She ain't got me raised yet. But here's my deal. They all died. Every funeral home, every hearse you see is a reminder that death is coming. If Christ doesn't return in our lifetime, we're all going to die. And it's a reminder. Therefore, you need to make preparation. Sinner friend, if you've never invited Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, you're lost, you're undone, and you're going to die one day. And if you die without the Savior, you're going to be separated forever from Him in hell. You say, I don't believe in hell. You better believe there's a heaven, there's got to be a hell. And if you'll study the word of God, you'll find out hell is mentioned a whole lot more than heaven as a subject. So, again, we're all going to die. Older ones, I consider myself one of the older ones. <laughs> My better days are behind me. I don't know how long I got, but I do know this. When death comes knocking, one, that's an appointment I will keep, and two, I'm ready for it because I know the Savior. But if you can't say that, you don't know the Savior, then please, I beg you. Give your heart to the Lord. Again, all of the soldiers, men and women, that have sacrificed themselves for our freedoms. Yes, they knew there was a chance they could die in battle. But they still didn't know if they would or not. 
We say, well, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. Even though they didn't know, death came. If they were ready for it, and the only way you make yourself ready for it, if you know Jesus, then the moment they drew their last breath here on earth, they woke up in his presence. If they weren't ready for it, I would venture to say there were a lot of them not spiritually prepared. How many of you have been to Arlington Cemetery? I have. Nothing like it. Amen, sister. Brother Jack Ayers, former member here, he's buried there. In fact, I did his service there. Ten minutes. <laughs> the major in charge of, he says, preacher, ten minutes. Not 9.59, not 10.01, 10 minutes, we're done. But here's the point. All you see is all of those white headstones. Thousands after thousands all over. And by the way, do you know who donated the land? Robert E. Lee. He donated the land for Arlington Cemetery. And... My point is this, all of those markers represent someone that made the ultimate sacrifice, but I guarantee you, there's more laying in that cemetery, old bodies laying in that cemetery that died undone without Christ than those that knew the Lord. That's why, while we have just a little time left. We need to share Christ with the lost. Make sure they're prepared because, again, as he ascended, he's coming back. And it's sooner than what we all think. If you've got loved ones, share Christ with them before it's too late. Stand with me, please. Father, that's a simple message, but thank you for this passage the power in it thank you lord for your redemptive plan thank you father for sending your son into the world to die on the cross to redeem us thank you lord for your sacrifice for us father i don't know the hearts of those that are here but if there's one amongst us doesn't know you let them be saved before it's too late lord please Convict them and convince them of their need of salvation. Lord, if there's those here that are looking to unite by baptism or promise of a letter or even statement, whatever the need, draw them to you, Lord. And Father, there's those here that just want to thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you did for them. May they have liberty to come also. So, Father, again, bless the invitation. And may you receive the glory. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.